Yes, I'm talking to you. Want to know a secret? I see thee still. And on thy blade and dungeon gelts of blood, which was not so before, there's no such thing. It is the bloody business which informs thus to mine eyes. Now, o'er the one half world, nature seems dead, and wicked dreams abuse the curtain sleep. Witchcraft celebrates pale Hecate's offerings, and withered murder, alarmed by his sentinel, the wolf, whose howls has watched thus with his stealthy pace. Back off, Batty. They don't want your ramblings. Come on. Welcome to the Draft of Dreams. Oh man, I don't have an intro or anything ready for this. Welcome to Soul Story through the Breach Action Play Podcast. Um, right? Hey guys! <laughs> uh, welcome to Spoopy Hour. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Moose returning back from the dead to run <laughs> another dead thing. Vampire the Masquerade. Moose, literally you died like a week ago in the, like in releases, so... <laughs> Uh, we're here to listen to my puppy, Jingles is calling. Um, we're here to play some dead things. We're here to enjoy every pleasure that Unlife has to offer. I am Spencer, and I am playing Bobby Miller. I'm Bam Bam, I play Mahu Rainin. I am Falcon, and I am playing as Raina Oleander. I'm Alex, and I'll be playing as Rome D'Amour. And I'm Moose playing everybody else. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Let the fog roll in. The The lighthouse is spinning lazily in the background. As we enter the scene of Rhode Island. It is a, of course, foggy autumn evening in 2019. The serene calm is broken by sirens and screaming, and several thousand children crying all at once because children. We set our scene. We enter in on a business corner. This business corner is taken kind of at a slice at a time. The facade has been restored to immaculate beauty, but still sets in the 1920s. This lovely little bar is Le Bruant des Revis. The Draft of Dreams. It is a local haunt for most paranormal. You walk in the door, you're going to be greeted by whatever vampiress is on duty that evening. Behind the bar could be a mage, or on Fridays, it's a very surly werewolf. There have been known to see the odd ghost and ghoulies and even a fairy or two. So, come in. Join us. And have a drink. All of you, lovely victims of my story, enter in on the facade. The Draft of Dreams has, again, been around for... Oh, goodness. It was established in 1909, to give you kind of a, an idea. It has gone through many owners and lived many different lives, but all the while being a stand-up tap room. It is where you can go get high-quality spirits, for a high quality price 
always has entertainment. You will never leave the same as you entered. Whether that be a random human walks in and they aren't human anymore. Or perhaps you walk in alive or undead and now you're really dead. So, you know, teach there. Uh, yes, so in order, I believe the very first person in this building would have been our lovely Reyna, who is a sophisticate and local of Rhode Island. So set me up there, there, Reyna. You walk into the Draft of Dreams and you are greeted by the lovely Mia. Mia is a normal, uh, oh, the, those of you on the air, you don't get pictures, so sorry. But these lovely players, they get pictures. And my lovely phone camera. So you enter in this little box right here. Mm -hmm. This is the coat check area. Uh, Mia stands behind a graded screen. She greets you warmly. She knows who you are. You don't even have to exchange anything. The items you are carrying, your coat, your purse, perhaps your parrot, you know, your umbrella, because it chances of rain are high in Rhode Island, um, are all checked very quickly. Uh, you have your own personal uh, number and your own personal locker actually set with the staff. So you never have to worry about your belongings being rummaged through. You're also old hat to the fact that there are no cellular devices or any sort of handheld electronics allowed within the inner workings of the Draft of Dreams. They want you to connect with yourself and everyone around you. And see. Excellent. All right. So I probably would have entered and checked, you know, my my Birkin bag with the with the Czech lady Mia and walked myself in and gotten myself a very nice martini, dirty, two olives. Dirty. Except I can't eat olives, so they're just hanging out in there. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> they're only for show. Yeah, uh. it's just because I like how it looks. That's fair. Uh, this evening, I'm going to let you know your bartender is Marcus. Marcus is that surly werewolf I described earlier. He's never been so surly with you, though. He knows that you tip well, and if he were to botch your drink, he may lose his head. Because, you know, whoever messes with Oleander gets messed with. So, after I get my perfectly mixed drink from Marcus, I would probably find myself... A table. I probably have a standard table that I sit at every time. Well, you um, get special privileges. So oh, look at me. I there get special is things. Private A and Private B. Mm -hmm. Which would you like mm -hmm. to sit in this evening? I'm going to sit in Private B because I can see everything, including the entrance. Perfect. Um, and, of course, each private booth has curtains you may either draw or open. So I'm assuming you're leaving all the curtains open so everyone can see yes. you in your magnificence. Mm -hmm. So you get seated. Uh, the There is a cocktail waitress. She notices you and she sees your drink. So she's not, she's going to leave you alone for a little while. But the the club itself, this is, it's early. You, you generally start because, I mean, as creatures of undeath, you can drink as long as you want. And there is a very special show slated for this evening. There are dueling DJs that will be happening around 11 p.m. Beforehand, there is going to be a sort of out-of-body experience circus act that has just rolled into town that you wanted to see. They're a new troupe. They're not 
not very well known, but they're heralding from New York, so they you know, must have a little bit of clout somewhere. Would you like to do anything else other than enjoy your drink and wait for the festivities? I think that she is going to sit and wait, and if anybody wants to socialize, they have to come to her. Perfect. I love it. So you enjoy your lovely, dirtiest of martini, while we introduce our first duo of the evening, which will be lovely Bobby Miller and our ah. Mahu Rannan. You two daring devils have kind of formed a partnership of sorts. Bobby is a little more cool-headed and a little more uh, to ask questions first before giving them the razor. Whereas, Mahu, you are that razor. A very fine, sharp, poisoned razor. But you're both coming to the Draft of Dreams probably after, I don't know, could be a case this evening. Wink. Um, could be any sort of, you know, after a long day. It's also one of the only select uh, tap rooms in the area that kind of cater to your kind. So this is, you. Uh, neither one of you are from this area. I, you're just kind of here on, on business. So you enter into this very lavish looking building uh, and you're greeted in the coat room by a lovely vampiress who gives you a sort of side eye um, and I want you both to describe to me what you are wearing Bobby Miller is a man out of time uh, since the 50s he has not been able to see himself in a mirror and as such his style has not changed uh, this is a man who is wearing decently worn oxfords he's wearing uh straight gray khaki pants and he is wearing a white button down that is clean and pressed uh, the sleeves are rolled up to his elbows and despite his clothes looking all right his hair looks like he tried to comb it uh, but can't actually see where the part is so there's a little bit of a cowlick some of the hairs are stuck together in the back. They haven't been brushed properly. And he missed a couple spots when shaving. So he has kind of like patchy little stubble going on. The world's most relatable vampire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mahu is a beautiful chocolate man. A uh, beautiful chocolate man wearing... It's like, you know, those, like, a Aladdin-type clothing. We didn't get a description of Reyna. Oh, I picked oh. one. Reyna looks exactly like Jeffree Star, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Tall, thin as fuck, stick-straight blonde hair, perfect Chanel suit, bright pink pumps. Beautiful. And Love a it. bright pink uh, Birkin bag to go with it. Oh, okay, gentlemen. Mia side-eyes you and realizes that you uh, clearly have an air of importance, even though the one guy is maybe Malkavian. We're not sure. There's something a little off about Mr. Bobby, but she's not going to give you the general rigmarole. She, after the side glance, she softens up and she smiles, baring her fangs. And, Good evening, gentlemen. My name is Mia. How may I serve you? Take a seat. And a drink. 
Bobby is going to smile at that uh, as he starts to remove his smartphone and his PDA from his pocket. Um, and he's going <laughs> and he's going to nod his head. What this guy says. Uh, she smiles a little bit bigger at Bobby. Now the thought of you being a crazy Malkavian kind of leaving her. Um, cause you notice the sign that says, you know, all electronic devices not allowed past this point. Um, mm -hmm. there is a threat of death, uh, very faintly. It looks like it's tried to be scratched off, but, uh, it was there at one point. Uh, so she gladly offers you, um, a traditional, it's kind of like, uh, it's a dark oak box with a red velvet lining that has a number 16 on it. And she eagerly hands it to you and please put all electronic devices in there. I see this lovely gentleman is already ahead of me. Sir, before your drink, do you have anything to deposit? No. Now I'd like to go get my drink, please. Be my guest, sir. Uh, tables are free seating. The bar is open. Uh, stay away from the private booths. You are not on the list. And she pushes the button and the door slides open. Kind of like elevator doors. Mahu will turn to, to Bobby and say... We should make our way into one of those. Bobby is going to offer a, a toothy grin. I imagine his front teeth are maybe a little crooked. And he's going to ask, And how do you suppose we do that? Simple enough. We walk in. And Bobby is going to nod. And as he looks across the lounge, he's going to let out a low whistle that I can't do. Uh, Mr. Bobby... Bobby. Boy, Bobby. Um, nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Just you wait. Just no, you no. wait. You uh, stop that. <laughs> um, Bobby, you get to make me the first check of the evening. Ooh. All right. Don't fuck up. After your compatriot's lovely comments and his uh, sort of brash attitude, as you exit the sort of entryway, you catch a glimpse of Mia, who is no longer smiling and no longer ready to serve you. I would like you to make me a perception check. A just Let's do it. Just straight perception, not adding anything else to it. I would like you to get me two sixes, please. Okay. So... Walk me through this, because I see the spinners, and I know we went through this, but just in real time. In real time. So I'm seeing here that you have a perception of four. So you get to spin four of those spinners. And then Hell I need you... yeah. I need at least two of them to read six or more. All right. So let's do it. Bam, bam, bam. For our audience at home, we're using spinners instead of dice. Because that's what our card app has. Because we're cool people. Because we're cool. And dice are yeah. jagged and angular. It's like the same concept, right? Right? <laughs> Toast. All right. So I got a one, a five, an eight, and a six. Okay. So your one is a critical fail. So it will remove mm -hmm. your highest success, which is your eight. So yep. you are left with a single six. So you did not pass this check. But because you do have one success, I'm going to give you a little kernel of information. Alrighty. You see Mia tap a button underneath her the counter as she's not only shutting the door, she's pressing an alternative button she didn't press prior. So, odd. 
but that's all you get. Well, then I think Bobby is going to step forward to catch up to Mahu, and he's going to put a hand on his shoulder. I think you just got us in trouble. And if trouble finds us, Bobby, we'll deal with it. Bobby okay. is going to nod as he goes to sit down at the bar. What a great plan. <laughs> <laughs> Can we start some kind of betting pool? I, th- I think Mana's going to die first. Okay. I'm, I'm writing this down. We've got one for Mahu. Who else, who else is going to die and who's going to die first? <laughs> Look, it's a, scary, it's a scary game. The black guy always dies first. It's just Hollywood law. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was I mean, just going to say, rich white women never die. So, yep, yep. Raina's fine. <laughs> I, I think next is going to be Bobby, because that is a pretty common horror name. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right. Okay, Bobby. Fucked up. Uh, so, does anyone else believe that Mahu's going to die first? No. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take that bet. Okay. Oh, no. I started something that I'm probably going to regret later. <laughs> Here's my thing. I would vote, but if I vote, then I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So we'll leave. Spencer <laughs> just needs to pretend that it's not happening at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bam Bam, do you have a vote? Uh, yeah. Um, Rome dies first. All the way. Totally. Oh, oh okay. So, we've got one for Roma. You're probably not wrong. Okay, cool. Uh, I like this betting game. Uh, Spencer, I give you full permission to vote later. You get to be our okay. wild card. Okay. Uh, awesome. And so, gentlemen, you sit at the bar. Would you like to sit? It's an L bar that is very long. Uh, to get my, I don't know if my camera will pick up on it. It actually spans almost the majority of the bar itself, or the the whole room itself on one side. Would you like to sit on the small side or the long side of the bar? Uh, well, Mahu would probably the short side, whatever's closest to the door, so he can see, you know, kind of like monitor or, or, or look out to the rest of the um, bar, so he has a quick escape if shit goes down. Okay. Okay, uh, smart. Okay, so we got the short side. This matters later. Um, so, you, of course, both of you get a smell before you get a sight. This smell is very, very well known to you. It is the smell of a lichen throat. They're sort of aromatic in that way. And it's not always wet dog. Sometimes it's dry dog. Sometimes it's uh, rolled in the fresh grass dog. Sometimes it's, you know, just rutted the crap out of somebody dog. Um, It's always dog. 100% of the time, dog. Um, And then you see him. This is a hulking six... I forgot to give this to Brandy, but she knows Marcus. So this isn't new. Marcus is 6'8", probably 320. Huge man. Huge uh, every portion of him that is not tightly contained in his black polo and Wrangler jeans is uh, rippling and covered in hair. Uh, this man looks like a Viking. He does not look like he belongs here. Um, he's still probably smort- sporting the man bun way past its time. Uh, but Marcus doesn't really care because if someone's going to tell him to cut it, he's going to cut their head off. So <laughs> that's a thing. Uh, he looks at both of you looks at Bobby 
snorts and just looks at Mahu and does not stop looking at you and just continually like wipes a glass. Oh, Ma Mahu doesn't break eye contact. He just stares right back. Are you going to order? Whiskey on the rocks. He reaches way below the bar and grabs this nondescript bottle and just like a dick. <laughs> slides it to you, looks at Bobby, and just kind of points. Bobby is going to lean in and he's going to undo his top button because this is his night off. Do you have any nuts? Uh, um, Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck this up. This isn't that kind of rule. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, he's got to take it aback. He was waiting for, you know, something sheepish or, you know, even perhaps trying to be as, you know, standoffish as your friend. He just kind of nods and walks to the opposite end of the bar. Um, brings back this, you know, fairly hefty sized thing of cashews and says there. It looks like they're fresh. He probably, you know, was waiting to put that out till later, but, you know, he gave it to you now. Hell yeah. Me and this guy were tight. Uh, <laughs> so, Bobby is gonna pull it closer to himself. He's gonna offer the giant, giant man a polite nod and in very unvampire-like fashion he's going to just throw one of the cashews into his mouth and uh, just start chewing it as he gets a focused look in his eye this is going to take Marcus back like he he's almost stunned if this giant meat wall of a man could look stunned I don't think the muscles in his face could take any more tension. Uh, he's... He just kind of walks away. He looks at you, doesn't, like, doesn't have a reaction. He's like, okay, time to leave. Like, this vampire's going to vomit nuts all over my bar. <laughs> and it's going to be great. Like, this is my life now. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, you are also going to notice a striking, very wealthy, beauty, beautiful woman with pink pumps in private box B. She is one of the only, the few quote-unquote breathing things in the room right now. Apart from some rabble, we're not talking about the rabble. There's like six other yep. randos here. Fuck the servants. rabble. We'll kill Gender servants. Servants. <laughs> yeah. May it live in infamy. Okay. Well, gosh, I think Bobby definitely notices because I imagine as he's chewing on the cashews in his mouth he's slowly panning over the lounge and trying to get a feel for every face in the bar um, and I think as he fixes his gaze on the woman for maybe a little bit too long I think his focused look is gonna snap he's gonna turn and look to Mahu in what I am sure is a very common and very lame joke to Mahu by this point He's going to slide the tray towards him. Do you want any? So, like, super annoyed, <laughs> Mahu slowly just turns to Bobby. No, Bobby. I don't want any nuts. 
and he's going to slowly drag it back while maintaining eye contact, and then he'll throw another into his mouth. Okay, I'm gonna leave you boys there with your nuts and yep. your whiskey mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> to introduce another player to the scene. Our lovely Rome. Uh, you are also new to this sort of this is not your first supernatural bar by far don't you worry about that but uh she's new to the area um probably not as new as these boys who are here doing something uh you know whatever they're boys they go where they want they pee on trees (laughs) it's okay um but rome is uh She's, she's also a well-to-do individual. So I believe she has a little, again, a little bit more clout walking through any town that she, you know, she inhabits. So talk to me. Talk to me through. You are entering the same facade, that glorious 1920s facade of our draft of dreams, and greeted again by Mia, who instead of a side glance, practically blushes at the sight of you. So I don't waste time talking to her unless she speaks to me i take off i thought a lot about this character but nothing about what she would be wearing that's fun she's naked it's fine she's she might be (laughs) she might be (laughs) i I think she she's wearing one of those clear plastic jackets it's like holographic opalescent Mm -hmm. takes Mm -hmm. it off and not like it was hiding much to begin with but it's definitely she's wearing a black bondage style dress so it has like the pentagram harness on it it's tight it's it's not leaving much of the imagination and kind of tosses it to the the to mia at this point assuming this is a coat check and it's getting ready to just walk through the door so mia deftly grabs the jacket and almost in one motion has it folded and in her hand uh, she smiles, and again, you know, for whatever color could be on an undead girl's cheeks, she, she has it. Um, sorry, my my doggos need to use the restroom, so after this, I will take just a brief pause. Um, but she, I'm so sorry, miss, but I do need all of your electronic devices as well. You know, nothing is allowed beyond this point. Well, I didn't know that. She motions to the sun, like the very large sign by the door. And just I actively ignore the sign. <laughs> but also, I then wave over my person. I have no bag. There's nothing on me. There's not really a place to hide any electronic devices unless I got real creative real quick. I'm clean. Oh, I just, I'm sorry, I have to state and just a woman of your clear stature should have a large social following. So, you know, I just assume I'm so sorry. And she is so sorry. I tilt my head to the side a little bit and look towards the direction of what I imagine is the actual bar, not just this waiting room. You can keep begging if you like. And then I just cross my arms and watch. She, uh, she kind of bites her lip a little bit, like, oh, this is going to be fun. She puts your jacket and you're saying uh the boys were in 16 you are going to be in 19 where she puts that um of course you don't get a little velvet box because your coat doesn't fit in a little velvet box but you do get a cubby and 
from underneath her counter, uh, she grabs something and then opens up her little door into her little caged kind of room, her half cage, I would say. Uh, and she hands you a, a voucher. It's like, it's a beautiful um, embossed bronze ticket. Like it's actually like metal, it's heavy. Um, she says, you've earned my favor. Private box A is yours for the evening. And she pushes a button and the doors go and slide open. Rome gives an up and down look. Pretty flat affect though. Doesn't say thank you and just walks on through. I forgot to describe Mia to literally everyone. Um, Mia stands about 5'3". She has probably mahogany hair and bright emerald green eyes. Uh, Her undead pale skin does everything to accentuate her high cheekbones and the sort of, it's not quite a candy apple red, but it's not getting closer to like a magenta either. It's very dark, but very sultry red. Um, Her cat eye eyeliner is always on point and she is currently in her favorite uh, little black dress, but her pumps are red to match her lipstick. Um, so she's a little, she's a little firecracker. She's a little, she's a little petite thing, snack size. So Rome, you are greeted with the same sort of bar scenario. You are going to see a very, very important woman sitting there drinking the last dregs of her martini um, in her bright pink pumps in private box B. Uh, you see the private box across the dance floor from her is private box A, where you will be able to be that evening. There is a cocktail waitress standing outside of it, probably waiting for the one person to present the lucky winning ticket. Um, In the bar, there are about six other rabble. If you wanted to really get to know anybody, you can. Um, There is the large strapping 6'8 smelly dog man behind the bar, which you also smell before you see. And then two other very odd characters sitting at the short side of the bar namely being Mahu and a well-dressed but slightly off man from the 50s eating nuts. Just getting them all in there. Just, just Shoving those nuts away, in like your mouth. It's his fucking job. <laughs> use your teeth. No, don't use your teeth. Be gentle. Cabe <laughs> barney. Not gay. Um, what would you like so to do? So can I... I was going to say, may I add a flavor for the nondescript NPCs? <gasps> As Rome enters, they would turn and look as if trying to find a source of, of smoke, maybe. Just that innate sense of danger. And, and they notice it's Rome, coming from Rome. And they get just a little tighter in their packs. And whatever gathering they are. To get just a little closer and try to avoid Rome. She um she she eke in the, the the spooks. Eke in the spooks. Eke in the spooks. I'll go ahead and Rome will go ahead to sit at her well-earned box. The cocktail waitress, this is, you know, she isn't a vampire, first and foremost. What she is. I don't know. Let me look at Rome real fast. <laughs> oh. So, Rome, you get to make for me a check now. I would like you to make me an occult check, please. Okay. 
For an added incentive, I will raise the uh, number required for the success if you would like to add your uh, perception to the roll. But I will allow it. So if I do that, then I'm rolling seven dice. You would be rolling seven dice. But the raise to the success. Yeah. So what this would mean, since it's the first time I'm saying this, if you want to roll your two dice in a cult, I need you to roll me at least one six on either of those die. If you choose to do the seven, I want four of them to be sixes. But you'll get a little bit more information about this lovely gal in front of you. I'll try it. I'll try it for the seven. Okay. Hi, Rola. Do you want to know all the rolls or just how many sixes I get? Uh, successes and any ones. Okay. Okay, so... Bummer. I had four successes and one one. Okay, so you just barely missed the mark. What you can tell about this lovely woman. Uh, your training in a cult has led you to this really off-putting ability to read auras. I don't think Rome's really into it. But uh, you are going to see that uh, she is a bright, gleaming, virtuous gold aura. Uh, this woman is very spiritual, perhaps a medium. Um, and you now know why she belongs. She is clearly a mage. But what her discipline is, or her s sphere of magic, you are unable to ascertain. She smiles warmly at you and, Good evening, madam. Do you have the ticket for this box? I wave it between two fingers. And then kind of flap it a few times, like, yes, just, just get it out of my hand. <laughs> kind of fling it at her. <laughs> she will uh, take it from you before you can actually fling it. Um kind of do this she puts it between both hands spins them and lets go and this paper crane this bronze paper crane flies off into the air and then goes into bronze colored smoke she opens the curtains for you would you like me to get all of them or just this one the main curtain that lets you see everything there are three others Rome arches her brow at the display <laughs> well aren't you cute both will do, fine. Okay, so she will go around and open all the curtains and sit you. Can I get you anything from the bar? At this point, I'm going, fuck, I'm so used to doing eyes. Rome's gonna go ahead and look across the way, scanning, scanning the area to see if there's anyone of interest. Uh, I'll pause Seeing you. The, again, okay. Oh, oh, I was saying, because interest are the two gentlemen at the bar, the <laughs> bartender, and the woman across from you, as well as one of the six rabble. He stands out just because he is trying to not stand out. And I mean, that's all the information I'm going to give you. He sits. Um, if you, I can't keep trying to hear my children, and I, they're outside, and I don't hear them. So you are here. He is actually sitting here, all by himself at this table, trying desperately to look like he belongs. Now you make it to me. Fucking stab him. Make this a 30-minute episode. Sweet. Done. Sold. That's the guy. That's the guy. We gotta get him. I am... Fuck me. 
Oh, Rome that. points <laughs> towards, right? I just, I'm gonna keep requesting it until it happens. Rome points over to Rain and nods. Whatever she's drinking. The lovely cocktail waitress is gonna do just a quick little bow and run off to the bar. A quick note for Mr. Bobby. Mm -hmm. While you were scanning faces in the bar, you also know that the woman in pink pumps is clearly important and someone that you should either talk to or at least know of. And you are also going to see this. You only see the man's back, but you see this man. He is really, really trying. He, if he could be a chair right now, he would be a chair. And he <laughs> believes as a man, he can be a chair. And he's trying very hard to be as nondescript as possible, even though he's sitting by himself. Pro oh, man, he's not... 12 feet away from you and he's the only guy at a single table this close to the bar everyone else is sitting more close to the dance dance floor for so that's i forgot to tell you that earlier yeah i'll sit on that for a sec so that other people can go okay i do have a quick question no it, what's about the flaw thing like is that like do that does that just happen all the time his flaw with the, the three on it or yeah all the time so that's like they're just mm -hmm. do i get to pick a color yeah well i think they make a pill for that now <laughs> god damn it spencer <laughs> i mean uh yeah so you should probably let your your players know something about you because yes oh okay because i didn't know if that was like something that like he does or if that was like all the time it's all the time oh you don't get, that's why it's a flaw you don't get rid of it nice okay so the, the chocolate man at the bar, uh, the odd thing about him, not only is how he's dressed and probably sitting like he's just like, please, literally no one fucking talk to me right now. The other thing that's odd about him is that his eyes are glowing like a very nice teal color. Can't get away from it, can you? That's fucking hot. I'm glad I know that now. <laughs> It's just, it's my, like, character trope now, all the time. Bobby blasts back in his chair. Whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> this happens all the time, though. You're used to it, Bobby. Don't you for 50 years? Have your eyes always done this? <laughs> yeah. But Bobby typically tells people apart by hair color. This is, this is, this is a new discovery. No, Bobby, you've always <laughs> known this. <laughs> Yeah, this is something he doesn't turn off. This is the quote-unquote boogeyman in the dark trope. You only see the I glowing eyes. That's cool. Oh, it's fucking rad. That's so it. cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll continue with Rome then. We'll finish out your little tete-a-tete -tete with our lovely cocktail waitress, who has brought you back a martini. But yours is a little more lavish than our lovely Reyna, because Reyna likes what she likes. And she, if she doesn't, if she wants something more extravagant, she'll pay for it. Or she'll probably just ask and get it for free. Um, but yours is going to have little bronze bubbles. They're maybe, they're not really tapioca. They're probably ice. But this lovely little mage girl has enchanted your little ice bubbles to be bronze. And they are, they're not actually, they're, they're just little bubbles that will pop and come out of your drink at random times. But it's just a flare so it's not that I can, like, fish out. Oh, I mean, if you try to touch them, they just go, and, like, they okay. evaporate into nothing. Because um, there's not, I mean, you wouldn't have ice in a martini. But there is still an olive, or two olives, because Brandy had two. Taking out the olives, I'm guessing they're on a toothpick. 
I remove one and roll it between my fingers as if debating eating it. But really all I'm doing is getting olive juice on my fingers. Or martini olive juice on my <laughs> fingers as I continue to, to play with it. Are these losers anyone important or do I have to go mingle by myself? She kind of raises an eyebrow. Who do you mean, ma'am? Still playing with the olive, kind of flicking my hand in the direction. I can tell who the nondescript people are. Like, they're no one. They don't look special. Well, there's the awkward man at the table there. There's whoever that is over there, pointing to Rain. (laughs) And then those two yahoos over there. And, well, she's the help, so I don't care. At the sound of help, that's when her demeanor slightly drops a little bit. And she gets a little <laughs> little more, stands a little taller. It's a little more rigid. Well, ma'am. The kind lady over in private booth B is one of our best patrons. She is Raina Oleander of Rhode Island. I'm sure you've heard of her. Being so sophisticated. Ooh. The two gentlemen at the bar, I have no idea. They are patrons like yourself. I've never seen them before, but that man with the glowing eyes is probably trouble. If you don't want your lovely dress ravaged, I would stay away. (laughs) Uh, That man at the table, he's been here much longer than anyone else today. He got here as soon as we opened and hasn't moved from that spot. The poor thing may be lost. He uh, didn't talk to anyone but Mia. He hasn't yet. And I think that's all I can tell you for now. If you need me, and she places a little bronze bell at your table, ring that twice, and in the same puff of smoke, she's... And she's gone. I think about halfway as she was describing things, Rome grows bored. (laughs) And just throws back her drink. Okay. And slides it to the edge of the table, assuming that she'll get another refill here at some point in the near future. Well, we'll put a... I'm actually gonna. I'm gonna make a note about that. Waiting for refill. <laughs> yeah, uh, fun game, guys. Let's chart uh, a tally of how many drinks Rome has. <laughs> <laughs> the motley crew of the draft grows rather exponentially in the next about twenty minutes. While all of you are uh, Rome, your drink is go. As soon as you look away from it, the moment you look back, it is refilled. This time, the bronze effects are nowhere to be seen. It is basic. And it probably could have been a little, you know, topped off a little bit more. And there's only one olive. Oof. Uh, <laughs> but it's there. So drinks Rome has had is now two. Yep. <laughs> I would say, gentlemen, uh, Bobby, you are able to eat as many of those cashews as you want. But the bowl never seems to empty. Mahu, your whiskey, was maybe at a time whiskey. Uh, what you were actually served was the weakest version of whiskey. It was the huh, really. There was no nothing else to it. Can have a glass of huh? Um, <laughs> and Reyna, you of course are have your own personal cocktail waitress. And she has come by your, your private booth several times in this span of time. So if you would like another drink as well, you can have it. And these are pretty much free of charge at this point for you. Excellent. I order another one and give her a tip, even though they're free. Okay. And nondescript amount of money, because we're going to live this this club, so all of our money doesn't matter! (laughs) Um, Money! Uh, Okay, so 20 minutes passes. We're now at the top of the hour at about 9pm. The lights begin to dim, and the soft 
soft, subtle hums of calliope music begin to play as two smoke machines on either one of the stages. <gasps> so this one and this one. There are smoke machines that are coming off of both of them. And that's all that happens at 9, 9 p.m. Uh, the people go from about 6 to 30 in the span of about 30 minutes, about a person a minute, and this music begins to play. Now I would like to go back into the scene. Uh, whoever would like to engage or do something, please let me know. Well, Mahu is, like, much like Bobby, scanning the room, not so much at people, but scanning the room at different, like, if the, you know, uh, he knows, like, where the exit is, like, entry point, uh, but as well as kind of, like, pathways. Pathways to look, looking at the people who seem to be standing out, kind of, like, pathways to them and maybe, like, other pathways out, gauging, like... I picture like Mahu like does this often. He's in crowds of people, constantly picks out the people who stand out the most. Um, as if anything were to break down, the people who stand out seem like they would have some play in it. Quickest route to them, but also away from them in case he needs to. Then I want you to make me a check. It will be an awareness check. I will allow you to add your streetwise in there for free this time so that'll get net you four die or four spinners in this case okay okay i said four of them so i got a three a one an eight and a four okay so your one and your eight cancel each other out you have no successes so mahu i believe you are just very upset by the fact that this mutt served you pretty much piss in a cup yeah it's a dick um and you are doing very well about scanning this room but this swill you were forced to ingest quickly i imagine but uh yeah that's that's all that's pervading your brain you do get one kernel of information out of the room though just because i'm a good dm and i you know it's fine you just had to drink you know backwater backwash whatever you want to call it there is a booth we have our lovely Rome sitting in this booth. You notice that there is another one that has the curtains drawn and uh, a kind of a rope around it that just says do not enter. It's got like a sign posted to it, like it's closed for some odd reason. But it is the only booth out of the four that is actually roped off. So, odd. Don't know why. Because you failed your checks. That's fine. Hmm... <laughs> Thanks for handing me the big do not press button. God damn it. <laughs> you well. Um, who else? Who else would like to interact before the scene changes once again? Bobby, as he already did his scan around, and I think as more people started to file in, it became too much to manage. So letting Mahu take the reins for a bit, he turned back looking to the people at the bar and eating his nuts, and I think as the pile failed to diminish, realizing that this was magic, I think the game turned into eat a nut, toss a nut. So it's <laughs> eat a nut, discreetly throw one behind you, eat a nut, throw two more. And I think it starts off as kind of like a little thing, but as he keeps doing it, it starts to become mechanical, and he's starting to look a bit more stern, and finally, he just kind of jerks his hand and pushes it away from him. 
because fuck this stupid magic shit. And he's going to turn back to Mahu, and I imagine his fingers are kind of tensed as he's trying to, like, work it out. And I think he's going to lean in beside Mahu, probably without him knowing, slowly putting on his smile again. A lot of freaks filing in. <laughs> it's a bad time to be a geek. Do the, do the nuts stay? Are they magic nuts? Do they do they return to the... Um, so, they do not return. Um, <laughs> magic nuts. Those are a different story. We'll get to magic nuts later. Um, oh, so, good. the fact that vampires don't eat, uh, this is a great little bar trick that uh, they use on most of the drunkies who, and, like, the, the human folk. Uh, mm mm-hmm. But, uh, no, you just, it never ends. They never come back. Um, This is a great little segue to every nut that you threw behind you is now neatly, like, like, well, not neatly, it's just regurgitated next to you as you lean into Mahu, as the man who is trying to be a chair looks at you and kind of awkwardly smiles. He's probably 28, maybe, in appearance, we're not exactly sure. He's he's younger than... He appears younger than, of course, he is, because he's a vampire. Um, he has a very pronounced brow, um, a very wide-set nose. He's very animalistic in face. He has, a, you know, a thick beard, um, well-trimmed, um, but it's very thick. He has bright blue eyes, but they almost seem to have kind of a... Maybe a slit to him. Like, his pupils are more uh, diamond-shaped than circular... Uh, he tries to smile at you and try not to seem awkward, but he's like, you kept dropping these, sir. Uh, I thought you might want them back. You also shouldn't make a mess. You don't work here. Bobby is going to slowly look up at this man, and his smile is going to fade, and the stress line in his brow is going to crease. And he's going to ask, and how do you know that? Uh, well, sir, I, I I work here. It's just my day off. Is it mm. like an insight check or something? <laughs> if you feel you want to make a check, you may. You may always ask to make a check. I'm trying to think. Do you want to do that? Yeah, Mom? I'm trying to think. What kind of like is this? Is there insight? Is there some kind of? Uh, you could do an investigation check which I made sure both of you that I created had investigation, I believe. Uh, yes, Mahu, you have two in investigation. Um, yeah. Okay, so just two? What else do I... You know, I'm going to allow you to have your intelligence on this one, because this does, like, it's not... It's really weird that someone would be at their job, on their day off, trying to become a chair. Like, trying not to... Trying to not stand out as hard as he was especially if you worked here mm-hmm. so uh you can roll four die or spin four things and you only need a four two of them ah, shit well i got a five a four a nine and a ten great so you have a critical success in there and everything else is a success so starting with the critical 
you've now gotten that swill out of your mouth. Like, you're finally kind of over, you know, the the urine you were just forced to ingest. Um, and you're now clearly putting all of your anger onto this man who has now insulted you by talking to your friend. Uh, he, he, he is not lying. He does work here. But he is hiding something much more important than that. It's... He might even be trying to cause a scene or perhaps cause unrest. Uh, he keeps eyeing that closed-down booth. You've now noticed it. He's done it three times in this short interaction he's had with Bobby. And he was doing it beforehand when you were scanning a room and, you know, hating yourself for drinking this whiskey or this whoop you were given. <laughs> My glass of whoop. But he is telling the truth. He does work here. And it probably is his day off. Okay. And he's like, is he's, he's like young-ish looking? Yeah. He looks to be about late 20s, probably early 30s. But who knows how old he is because he's a vampire. Well, I, I no, I just, <laughs> if, if he looked generally young, I, I was going to give him a, a typical line here if he looked young. Just kind of like turn to him. You, boy. He's 14. Boy, mister. No, no, mister. No, hey, mister. No. <laughs> you, boy. What's behind the booth? You mean booth C? It's It's been closed down for a while now, but... You know, they never let us... Well, us. They don't let me, you know, into the good stuff. I'm kind of new here. Uh, I just started working as janitor, and I've heard there's, like, there's some there's some things that happen in supposedly lower levels to this place, and I've heard after, you know, the circus monkeys perform or whatever they are, while the DJs are going at it, they're going to start letting people down there if you can pay the entrance fee. And you don't know what happens down there. I've been trying to get down there for weeks, and it just so happens that, you know, tonight's the night they're going to let people down there, and it's finally my day off, and, you know, I, I was able to get wired some money, no one ever speaks of what the price is. The, the only woman that I know that's been down there is her, and you see him point at our lovely Reyna in the bright pink pumps. It's It's been a long, you know... Rumor has it it's been decades since she was down there, but she was kind of important back in the day with the old owner. Interesting. Bobby, you can either entertain this gentleman further or we can talk to this lovely Reyna. So... Bobby is going to push up from his stool and he's going to reach for the pile of floor nuts that was collected and he's just going to grab a fistful of them. He's not even going to eat them. He's just going to grab a bunch of them. And as he starts to walk, he's just going to start trickling them onto the ground. Thanks for the help. And he's going to set a focused gaze on Reyna as he waits for Mahu to join him. <laughs> Mahu will look look at the bowl of nuts, look at your trail of nuts, then look back at the, you know, the, the odd gentleman, 
just stay there for a moment as if like he's like I should apologize here but I don't think I care and then go walk behind <laughs> you to the lovely ladies in the room would you have bared witness to that event or not even cared I had a side action I was gonna do <gasps> oh side action first go so looking at my olive that I can have continued to roll this entire time. <laughs> oh, that's going to be warm and awful. Oh, you, it's not warm because you're dead. Um, True, fair. But it definitely has finger grime on it yeah. regardless. And musing to myself, my words fly up, my thoughts remain below, words without thoughts to heaven go, and I huck the olive at rain. <laughs> Oh, my gravy. <laughs> so. Reyna is going to, and I don't know if I'll have to roll for this or not, see what is happening and then just gently move to the side so you miss. And okay. then she goes back to what she's doing. She doesn't make eye contact with you. She has no time for you. <laughs> um, okay, Miss Reyna. Um, I would like you to first make for me a mm -hmm. perception check. Minus your awareness. Okay. First time we're doing a minus. Because if you were not paying attention to... If you can't give her the time of day, I don't believe you would be as a, like astute on her olive throwing. Okay. On three die, I would like to challenge you to four... Or to four fours. Four fours! Uh, to two fours, please. To two fours? Okay, so <laughs> I got a ten, an eight, and a five. Sweet. Cool. Um, so you're paying better attention than you even thought. Um, <laughs> it's more that you, it's not that you don't have time for this woman. You have too much time for this woman, but you don't want to know. <laughs> she came in here with the private box ticket, which you've never seen this dame in your life. So she clearly isn't important. How the hell did she get a private box? First and foremost, going through your head. Um, second... You don't even remember how you got permission to always use a box, but uh, mm -hmm. you you really are kind of sad that you missed the whole crane bit in your your days. So she gets something special that you don't have, so you don't like mm -hmm. it. You, she also had currently she is working with um, Cecily, which is the little mage girl. You mm -hmm. normally get Cecily, hence why you don't have time, but you have all the time for her. And that's when you see her mouth some little quip. You can't hear her mm -hmm. over all the people. And then she begins to jettison her finger olive at you. Well, in the split second moment of you watching this gooey mass coming towards your pristine self, you just lightly bend over to pick up your empty martini glass and the olive just splats next to where your head would have been. And you raise back up and signal for your cocktail waitress to get you another. Remember earlier when I said Rome just gets bored? Mm -hmm. It's like she doesn't even wait to see if it makes contact or not. <laughs> she, and it isn't like a, a journal wing. She like pulls her hand back, hurls it, <laughs> and then just turns back to look at the crowd. It's a little, not even acting like, oh, I didn't do that. It's like as if it completely didn't even register that she just hucked an olive across the room. Do I have the option of signaling her waitress? 
Oh yeah, you you understand how to get Cecily's attention, regardless. Um, you kind of, I mean, all it sounds derogatory, but if you snap twice, Cecily mm-hmm. will show up to you. You don't have to have her bell. She generally gives someone a bell because she doesn't actually exist in here right now, but she will listen to you. You have a good okay. rapport. So, I snap twice. And I whisper in Cecily's ear to give this bitch nothing but water for the rest of the evening. <laughs> she grins from uh, a her her head is just right where it should have been by the time you started talking, and she just smiles. Anything for you, Miss Oleander. And she then walks over, grabs three martini glasses, and starts walking like just with water and olives, and starts walking over to Rome's table, and she. Gives you a slight bow, of course, not to spill anything, and she sets them all down. Courtesy of the patron in Private B. Thank you. And she, again. Knowing how often I socialize. (laughs) Is it one of those things that I can tell on sight, smell? Particularly smell? That that bitch is water? Uh, It's not. So these are used martini glasses. They still okay. kind of smell of alcohol, but I would like a perception, a straight perception from you, Rome. I want four fours. Oh, I got two. Okay, so they smell off. They're, you're not sure which one is off. You're sure one of them is, but one of the three okay. is off, but we don't know which one. Well, then, avoiding the one that I, I kind of maybe think is off... Who knows? I grab one of the other ones and go to throw it back. Okay. But I think the moment I know it's not booze, I spit it back into the glass. A two brute? And just cat-like knock the glasses (laughs) off the table. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, everyone, uh, including Miss Reyna, who has no time. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> All four of you, just glass shatters on the floor. Just, and all heads turn to Miss Rome. Even the two boys heading towards uh, the lovely woman in pink, uh, as this, you know, sexy lady in her harness dress just shattered three martini glasses. Four, if you did the empty one that was on there already. And I will give all the three. Actually, all four of you. This man who is picking up the nuts, his face is mortified at this messy glass olive, you know, carnage that is now on the floor. And Marcus, now was slightly stooped, stands to his full 6'8 and exits the bar, heading towards Rome. So, Reyna is watching this the whole time, and did she hear your quote? Can she hear Etu Brute? I'll give it to you, if you want to hear it. Okay, I hear it. And then I just look across and go, Beware the eyes of March. (laughs) Wow. Okay, Marcus, towering, hairy, smelly Marcus, stands in front of you, Rome. Ma'am. Are breaking glasses a custom to your people? Rome blinks a few times and tilts her head to the side. And it's like as if she's listening to the music for a moment. 
and then looks back to Marcus. Bites her lower lip as she holds back something else. I was fed water when I desperately want a martini. Is this the kind of service you offer here? Hmm. So you're the one. No, okay. He kind of motions with his hand in this very portly, gentle, like, he's just, he, he's probably 40, you know, thick man, like, runs over with a broom and just starts going, like, going to town. Um, it's almost robotic in a way. Uh, this thing also gives off a very odd vibe. It's not a vampire. It's not a mage. It's not a werewolf. We're not sure what it is. Perhaps it's a ghoul, a very long gone ghoul. Uh, but it just quickly sweeps up the glasses and he shoes the thing away. I will be sure to give you exactly three more drinks when you're ready for him to replace those that were, uh, wrongfully sent your direction. But that is all you get this evening. Fair? At this point, Rome drops chin to, to palm and tries an innocent look. I think tries is, is definitely the key word there. I think innocence is a concept that has been long forgotten and in her realm. That'll do for now. Maybe we can work out something else later. Hmm. Later. And he walks away. Okay, so that whole interaction happened. At this point, <laughs> Reyna, you now see this very sort of distraught-faced man, now ahead of Mahu and Bobby, holding some cashews. He has picked them up as he's beat them to the punch to get to your booth and, like, stands there awkwardly. He doesn't look at you. He doesn't anything. But he stands there waiting for these two gentlemen to approach. Which, as you guys turn away from the spectacle that is Rome and her glass-shattering culture... You see this man holding all of the nuts that you have dropped, Bobby, standing by this lovely woman in pink. Do I know the kid's name? I obviously would probably know him if he works there. You've seen him, but he is the lowest of the help. He is a janitor. Mm -hmm. And you really only see him as you are leaving every evening that you choose to come, so there's really no reason to talk to him. Hmm. And he's definitely one you probably wouldn't have time for. So I think that... And he's standing right next to the booth? Yeah. Awkwardly close. Um, So I believe that as she's seeing them, she would go, Young man, do you have something to do other than stand by my booth with a a handful of garbage? (laughs) Uh, Uh... Well, well, you see, I, I, they're, they're four, and he, he kind of motions with his handful of nuts towards Bobby. Well, I don't want them, so why are you standing next to my booth? Oh, well, they're on their way over here. I just wanted to beat them to it. Mahu will, will chime in as he was just leaving. And then just stare at him until he does so. He doesn't leave. Rana does the same thing. He doesn't leave. At this point, our lovely duo watch as his his eyes start to kind of shape. And 
he tries to emulate the glow that comes off of Mahu's, just matching stair for stair. So, so Bobby is going to step in at this point, uh, as, as the boy starts to show off a bit of magic, and we're beyond discomfort. This, this is torturous now. So Bobby steps in slowly and reaches out and cups his hands below the boys. Give them back. <laughs> Give me my nuts back. He takes and just deftly puts this giant pile of nuts in a single hand and just starts one by one dropping them almost the same way you were throwing them over your shoulder into your cupped hands. Mahu's just going to like under under Bobby's hands and just saying I'm done with this and just like bump the bottom of his hand to just be done with all of the fucking nuts we're done we're done and just let the nuts fly (laughs) so so you're hitting this gentleman's hand because their hands are like cupped with each other's right no I assumed that Bobby's was below and he was just like yup eh eh Oh, so then, yeah, no, then it'd be the gentleman's hand. I, yeah. I thought, like, he was, like, covering them into Bobby. You know, if it's him, just one by one, putting them into Bobby's hand, I'm just, 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 just flipping my hand up. Just, we're done. Um, so you're flipping his hand, which is going to send them over his shoulder, straight into Reyna's face. <gasps> oh, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, Reyna, you are pelted, and this is something you were not paying attention to, because it's GD garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get pelted by twice floor nuts. Twice floor nuts. <gasps> they go in your hair. One goes in your martini. They're in your suit. Like they're they're everywhere. So, <clears throat> Reina makes eye contact with the young man. Very intense eye contact with the young man. And just says, go. He looks, and he looks back at Mahu and Bobby. And without saying anything, he walks away. So dead then in- she is, go ahead, sorry. <clears throat> I was say, dead intent on walking straight over to Rome. Reyna is now going to make eye contact with Mahu. Exact same intensity of eye contact. And maintain eye contact as she takes every single nut <laughs> and puts it in her martini glass. You want some nut? And water? as soon as she has all of them, she throws it in his face. Making friends. <laughs> now not who is nutty. <laughs> it, it, it's fine. Sometimes you gotta take a bunch of nuts in the face. Um... <laughs> you just, just got it. No option. <laughs> Spelunking. Just you, you drink some bad whoop, and you take some nuts to the face. <laughs> Mahu. Mahu looks first at Bobby and just. Now do you see your actions have consequences? Then looks back at Reyna. I was hoping we'd have a chat, but this spectacle seems to have gotten us a little off track. Hmm. 
actions do speak louder than words, sir. Yes, well, Bobby was just about to apologize for his display. At this point, Robert Miller turns his head and looks to his partner with a fading smile before looking back to Raina and putting it on again. Actually, I was about to ask you, what's beneath this place? Raina, this is mm -hmm. part of the information in that hundred years you have lost. Mm. This is, a lot of people have talked about your held soirees. You used to book the second floor of this place. That is actually, like, it was at one time, uh, this is uh, Falcon knowledge, not Reina knowledge, mm -hmm. but this mm -hmm. was once a very grand opium den below the speakeasy. Ah. And so okay. there were blood orgies, sex, drugs, rock and roll, everything down there. And you used to book things down there. You were the belle of the ball most of the times. And everyone has talked about your soirees, but you don't remember any of them. So truthfully, you have no idea what's on the other floors. Okay. <clears throat> well, sir, why should I tell you? Because he asked. So at that, at, at Mahu's comment, Miller's just gonna reach over and, like, pat the back of his hand against Mahu's chest, like, ah, see this guy. So she's gonna look at Mahu, and she's gonna look at, uh, Bobby, and say, you know, you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. And to that, Bobby will say, I'm afraid all we've got today are nuts. <laughs> D's nuts. <laughs> all we got is D's nuts. Uh, um, I'm going to defuse the situation real quick. Like, this is when suddenly, Reyna, you feel the, the cushion next to you slightly depressed. And it feels off because only your butt should be sitting in this booth. Mm -hmm. And that's when a soft-spoken, very lithe man, oh, don't come to fisticuffs before the show, that's not very polite. Love him. <laughs> As anyone who chooses to turns to see this man, he is the human or undead depiction of uh, a twig bug. His face is very long. His hair is very long. His hands are very long. His arms, his legs, his torso, even his feet are all very long. They are angular in nature and very, very thin. If this man could be any taller, any longer, and any thinner, he would be a line. Hmm. But he st sits there in this lovely ruffled collar that looks to be twice as wide as he is. This kind of bon voyant, lovely little ruffled coat these cute little sequenced bloomers and his tights with his patent leather shoes. Uh, he has classic clown makeup with his lovely beauty mark painted on. And he just sits there, just calmly asking you to not. Okay. Ray Reyna is going to smile at him. Um, and she's going to kind of be delighted because she did come to see a show. 
and uh, she likes getting special treatment. So if one of the performers has deigned to come out and give her this special <laughs> treatment, that's good. Good. I deserve it. Thank you. Um, so she is going to smile at him and go, well, it is your night. So I suppose for you, I can make an exception. Oh, I shan't get emotional. I shan't. But thank you, madam. <laughs> it is not my show. It is our show. For you see, my brothers and I, we are artists from the old times. But please, please, sirs. And he reaches his obnoxiously long arm and just touches your shoulder. Uh, Bobby, you are a good probably four feet away from this man, and somehow his arm is long enough to reach you. And he he caresses your shoulder in, in a tender way and then retreats his arm, and then it looks still obnoxiously long, but normal, proportionate to his body. He, mm -hmm. he stands and never reaches full height. He probably stands a good foot taller than our lovely Marcus. As he slightly begins to curtsy, grabbing the corners of his bloomers, and disappears back into the sm smoke machine of stage A. Hmm. Cut away, quickly, to our lovely Rome and our strange vagabond janitor, who is very intent, and you see him, he is intent on coming to tell you his grievances and to talk to the pretty lady who is fighting with the other pretty lady. At this point, you see another performer just kind of ooze into your field of view. Hello, madam. I saw you had a little tete-a-tete -tete with another very important woman across the way. If you would please refrain from breaking any more utensils until after the show. There is a whole plate-breaking opportunity, if you wish. A little bit of a blank stare. Also looking at the person who that's coming my way, that I have a feeling I don't want to come my way. Both of these options aren't grand at this moment in time. <laughs> Glasses? And I arch a brow. I could use another drink. And then, like, I wave my hand as if they're the waitstaff. <laughs> he then, now that you've actually encompassed him, he is much shorter. He's probably four foot nothing. But still, stick thin. And he he bends in close and he kind of waves at the drink and he's on the wings of fairies, mock the whispers of the lords, and curtsies in the same way, and like disappears into the smoke of stage B, and now that other man is just standing here, dumbfounded, looking at the space where the man should be, looking at you, looking at the space, looking at you. <laughs> That's enough for Rome to kind of lean forward and watch as the, the performer disappears, but then snaps her attention back to Vagabond Janitor. What do you want? Uh, well, you see in his hand, he's carrying another drink for you. The exact same martini, and he sets it down. It seems I need to talk to somebody else. You see, uh, you're the second most important person here, clearly, and I need a favor. Rome slams back this third drink. It's real. It's good stuff, too. It, it's it's top shelf. One of your three. You have two left. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> and she sits a little taller. 
Well, have a seat. I'm bored anyways. He calmly sits down. Entertain me. <laughs> well, I I'm not one of the performers, ma'am. I, I could show you a card trick, though. And he, he pulls out this very old, very disgusting-looking deck of playing cards. And he starts shuffling and going to town. And he fans it all out on the table. And he's like, pick one. Rome holds her hand out over top of it. But then just makes eye contact. She's not going to pick one. She's just going to keep acting like she's going to pick one. <laughs> you said you needed to talk? Oh, yes. A, a favor, ma'am. Uh, there, There's going to be an event down, down on the second level. And I need you to help me get in. You see, there's a price to get down there. And I thought perhaps it was money. And I brought a lot of money. So if it is, I can pay for you. But... I need to get in with someone important, so I need you to say that you're my date. <laughs> I've seen this shit on YouTube. It doesn't work. <laughs> Rome quickly abandons the cards and jumps up from her seat and reaches out for his hands to like have him stand back up. He stands. And she gives him a once-over. Like... What, what is he wearing? Uh, he's wearing a very clean, well, like, well, uh, oh god, I lost my word, my verbiage. So he's a black polo. It is perfectly cut to his frame. He is um, probably average to muscular build. Uh, he's wearing the same sort of Wrangler. He's pretty much in his work uniform. He's got a black polo, Wrangler jeans. He's wearing a set of well-worn uh, cowboy boots. He is wearing a Tiffany ring on his right um, middle finger. He has a Rolex watch on the left wrist. He's very well, he's very clean, very well mannered, very well dressed, but you can, he kind of wears it like an act. Whereas he was this man trying to become a chair and not blend in, even though he wears these things and he's clearly like, there's something off about it, but he, he's, he looks okay. Looks okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Nay, faith, let me not play a woman. I have a beard coming. And she grabs his jaw and like turns his face left and right before releasing him. I've got nothing better to do tonight. Uh, perfect. Uh, do you, do you need another drink? I'll get you as many as you want. And this absolutely predatory smile breaks. <laughs> and she gives his cheek an extra squeeze, maybe just a little too hard. <laughs> You'll make an excellent date. <laughs> he, he starts to walk away and he stops and he's like it was the queen of hearts that was your card and he walks back towards the bar did did he leave the cards yeah they're all in a fan still on the table <laughs> using one finger starting at the far end gonna flip them over they're all the queen of hearts Anyway, so uh, back at the booth with our lovely trio. Now that we've been invaded by our ghostly line of a man, what are we doing? Well, in the spirit of coming to see a show and to give deference to performers, she likes to think she's very magnanimous. Um, <laughs> Raina looks to the, to the two men in front of her and says, Well, in the spirit of forgiveness... Why don't you have a seat? I believe you wanted to know what was on the other floor. Yes. He will sit. 
without missing a beat. As soon as she's just like, oh, I guess have a seat. He goes, yes. I would like to know more. We would like to know more. Bobby does not engage right away. I think in the time he's been slightly distracted, uh, he's watching the nut man. He's staring at him with intent as he goes to the other side of the lounge. And it seems like he's going to hold that for a time before realizing that Mahu has moved. And once that has happened, he's going to move to sit. Uh, in that whole interaction, you would have seen the starts of Zachary speaking to Rome, and there's probably the mm-hmm. start of him shuffling the cards and things like that, and then that would be where you're cutting away to sitting. So you'd miss yep. the, the last part of that. So as everyone has sat down, um, and she's asked if they want to hear about what's downstairs, she just says, it is very mysterious. I know there's been buzz around it for weeks. <laughs> and what do you know? Oh, what do I know? Yes, that's what I asked. What, <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do know that this is a very exclusive event. Not just anyone can go down there, you see. Bobby will look to Mahu then, before looking back to Reina. And what if we have money? Lots and lots of it. Well, there is a price to be paid for entrance. He's going to look to Mahu. I never, ever like the sound of that. And I imagine you're one of the people who comes often. They see your face. They know you. I'm here now and again, yes. So then how about this? You get us in, and uh, assuming you have to pay your way, We'll cover it. Bobby is gonna look to Mahu. He's not sure about this strategy, but he's staying quiet for the moment. So, Reyna's ankles have been very discreetly crossed this whole time in her pink pumps. She crosses them the other way and folds her hands. (sighs) It's not often that I have to pay my way anymore, but yes, I'll let you take care of it if that comes up. (laughs) Good. I want to know what else you may know about it before hand, of course. It is very mysterious indeed. (laughs) (laughs) And then she snaps twice for another drink. So she does not answer. Mm -hmm. So that's weird. First point of weird. She does not answer. Mm. As soon as you snap, that's when the light show begins. And the smoke rolling that has been rolling through here has now become thick that the the lights and lasers dance and create these spectral illusions of you're now seeing ballroom dancers slowly spin between the tables or at least the illusion of the calliope begins to roar a little bit louder a little bit brighter and on each stage two men stand one incredibly tall one incredibly short and they begin to contort and twist and spout prose of the yorble of the yellow-breasted cock and just goes off in these very odd sort of musings. And as they contort and twist and they begin to mold as if to become one person with two heads and four arms and four legs and then suddenly no arms and all legs. And they are this odd sort of 
experience. All of you now need to make me a check one by one. I need all of you to make me an occult check. You may not have any other additives, but all I need you to get me is a three. A single three, no matter what your occult is. That's a five. I had two successes. Okay, mm, next is yeah, My question is if I have none in a cult. You don't get to roll. That's what I thought. Hey, we're learning. I did this on purpose. <laughs> Three successes, an eight, a seven, and a seven. Perfect. So, the three of you who understand the occult nature of things, those things that are not only supernatural, but also super duper natural, um, <laughs> you notice that this is all not magic in the way that a mage would do. These are pre-constructed rituals, if you will. The smoke is hiding certain symbols hidden on the edges of tables and on select floorboards. And the stage themselves seems to be coded in the same sort of symbol. This is all thaumaturgy. It is strange ways to bend the essence around you. That's the magic of the vampires. This is known by the Tremere. Um, at this time, Tremere are not that well known. It kind of explains these eccentric people. But both Rome and Reyna, R&R, if you will, realize that none of these four gentlemen are Tremere. All of, both of you have had your, your hundreds upon hundreds of interactions of Tremere through the years. And these four gentlemen are not it. There is another member working behind the scenes here. And whoever it is, is damn good. And Mahu, you're left in the dark. These are strange contorting oddballs that create ghostly floating figures that dance. Uh, Bobby, there's a little kernel for you. Uh, hmm. You actually have seen this fifth member. He stands betwixt the stages. There's your word for the day. He tries to remain in the shadows, but he is clearly he clearly has to be present for his magic to work. And he bears a resemblance only in his eyes that you've seen somewhere else. They bear a very striking resemblance to our vagabond janitor that is now sitting with Rome, who has brought her six beverages, by the way. <sighs> She's getting fucked up. He didn't tell... <laughs> he didn't tell the barkeep who they were for. They're for him and his friends. Good. Good man. How do vampires get drunk? What is uh, the mechanic on this? Oh, I'm gonna have to look that up. Give me a hot second. Uh, okay. Can Rome be sloppy? <laughs> Rome be she a sloppy girl. So she's, like she's that's she'll be white girl waste. She's sloppy chic. Thank you. <laughs> she puts the hot and hot mess. Okay, so the vampire subtracts one from dexterity and intelligence dice pools for every two drinks worth of alcohol. <laughs> uh, this cool. effect fades at a rate of one die per hour. <laughs> so that would you'd be up to four die missing from intelligence and dexterity if you finish all of them. Woo! <laughs> oh no! Uh, 
I think if there's a show, they're gonna probably be gone here soon, but they're definitely not all just being thrown back. There's the first one, Will, the second one. This At this point, she's four drinks in. She's feeling it. She's feeling it. Okay. But there's still five on the table. They'll each have their turn. Okay. <laughs> so as you, I want to make this statement just for now. It'll happen when it happens. When you get to drink three, there's something else that happens to you, lovely Rome. You feel your body kind of dull. This isn't a, uh, a drunk dull. This is just relaxation. Relax, just do it when you want to get to it. And you relax to a point of, you know, Alex knows that Rome's been drugged. Rome thinks it's just a great experience. Okay. Roofies are bad, kids. So the show, the spectacle, the illusion cascades across the group. You you all see what makes the smoke. There are still 20, 30 people meandering in, but it just continues, and suddenly they're on silks, and suddenly they're a single entity, and they split back into their four, and all the while, prose are being spouted that seem to resonate with a member of the group in a very special way. And they're just, it seems like total insanity on the stage, but choreographed gorgeous insanity. And at the point where the show breaks for intermission, you don't know what happened. They were performing. The lights are still going. The smoke is still residual. But the performers are gone. And suddenly there's a hundred more people in the bar. It's now standing room only. That's where we're going to take a quick cut. Hey everybody, Alex here, enjoying the heck out of the Vampire the Masquerade game. We knew almost immediately after Dark Carnival in 2018 that we would be playing in this world, and it didn't disappoint. Up until now, it has been a hoot and a holler getting to learn our characters. Moving forward, let me give you a nice trigger warning. Things are about to get weird. Lots of blood, lots of uncomfortable wounds, lots of cavalier attitude towards the dead. Ye be warned. If you haven't heard yet, Soul Story is doing its very first giveaway. There are two ways for you to participate for two different prizes. Giveaway number one. Follow us on Twitter at NSR Podcasts. Retweet our giveaway post and tell us what your favorite part of season one was. Want to up your luck? You can tell us up to three favorite moments and each time will count as a new entry. The winner of this giveaway will receive one Dark Arcane Fate deck, one Light Arcane Fate deck, and a 26-ounce aluminum bottle with the Soul Story logo on it. Giveaway number two. Give Soul Story a positive rate and review on iTunes. That's it. Just make sure your name is some way for us to get a hold of you. If you have left us one in the past, go on ahead and write us a fresh review to qualify for the giveaway. The winner of giveaway number two will receive an original Malifaux figurine, Leviticus, Avatar of Entropy. It is still boxed and wrapped and waiting for a new home. The winner will also receive a 26-ounce aluminum bottle with the Soul Story logo on it. 
We will track all names on separate spreadsheets for each giveaway, and we will use a random number generator to select our winner. You can participate in both giveaways. However, if your name is drawn for one, you will be disqualified from the other. Winners will be selected November 10th, 2019. Did I talk too fast? The link to the giveaway is in the show notes as well as on our Discord. Last but not least, did you know we are participating in Extra Life this year? The No Show Radio family has committed to 24 hours of gaming on November 2nd, 2019. Help us raise money for children's hospitals. And guess what else? We'll be streaming our faces for the very first time. And guess what else? We have stretch goals. From immediate rewards like me in a Princess Leia bikini, to future creations like BB getting a soul story tattoo, we have plenty of incentives to encourage you to help us reach our goal. We started small this year with a goal of $500. We can totally meet that. There will be NSR merch given away to certain donors, and some merch will even be given away in the middle of games. You won't want to miss it. Check our Twitter and our website for the whole schedule of what we are playing when. I got some more links for you. Peek into those show notes to find our Extra Life donation page and our Twitch feed. Follow us so you don't miss a thing. Now, let's get back to the show. Psst. We also have a survey. Please take it. You know your girl put the links in the show notes. Okay, okay, for real. Back to the show. Okay, guys. Welcome back to the Draft of Dreams. The mm-hmm. act ends in, in an abrupt stop where suddenly our actors are missing. Again, the lights, the smoke, the people, even the crowd is who was the newcomers were enjoying what they were seeing and are all shocked. Werewolf, monster, vampire alike are stunned at the sudden ending of the show. And then a scream is let out. Mm-hmm. A scream and a whisper and then a murmur and then a shout and everyone is looking to the bar. On the bar, stretched out, kind of draped like fine fabric, is Mia. She is a bloody mess. Puncture wounds over every visible piece of skin on her body. No discernible, some are slashes, lacerations, fang punctures, full-blown chunks of her flesh are missing, and she dead, re-dead. Dead as dead. No one in there. Just dead. The bloody husk of Mia hangs lazily over the bar, though the only blood on her is what you can see on the corpse. There is not a lot left to drip anywhere other than the small pool that is forming around what would be her clavicle area that is depressed on the bar. No one saw it happen, that anyone can tell. People were flooding in the room as the show was happening, and now she's dead. We all know she was locked behind a semi-cage. So yeah, Marcus is nowhere to be seen. Also, our lovely, you know, janitor friend, who is collector of nuts, dealer of Queen of Hearts, and now the date of our find, Roma, is uh, in stunned shock, just practically drooling into two more martini glasses that he was fetching for our lovely patron. 
and see. So, Rome is drugged at the moment. So, what Rome has, current for Alex knowledge, mm-hmm. she just has a sedative. It's not, so you're, um, where you were having the penalties of being drunk, I'm also going to give you a penalty to uh, any form of athletics or sort of physicality that isn't, you know, ruled by dexterity, because your dexterities are also tanking. But this is just, you're going to be very slow. I believe Rome is calculated enough that she's going to be like, this feels weird, but it's fine. Um, You're not going to pass out. You're not going to black out. It's just a sedative. Rome's going to stand up and use the table in the booth for a moment to steady herself. And then slowly approach Mia. These violent delights have such violent ends and in their triumph die like fire and powder. And she stops and grabs onto another table, another patron, which as they kiss consume. And she continues to walk towards Mia. Would anyone else like to react in our motley crew? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, go for it. Go for it. So, um, <clears throat> because Reyna has known Mia, she they have kind of a connection. She does the big dramatic gasp. She grabs on to Mahu. Just grabs him by the forearm. Okay. And is just kind of frozen for a moment. Very tight grasp on Mahu to be like, if shit is going down, you will protect me. This is how it's going to go. Is what is being communicated through this arm grasp. At this moment, you're going to hear a voice in your head, Mm -hmm. Reyna. You've heard this voice before, but only in your nightmares. For you... The price was paid in full. Meet me downstairs, darling. I have a present for you. Now, Spencer, you may react. Yes. Bobby is going to launch himself up from the end of the booth. He is going to look back towards the stage and ensure that the the two malformed figures and the mage are all gone. Every, yeah, all of the performers are gone. Okay, so verifying that real quick, he's going to turn, and even if he doesn't see them, he is setting out to find the janitor. Uh, that is super easy, because he is just dumbfounded, standing at the long side of the bar, um, where you now see Rome, the girl from across the way, slowly, like, meandering her way over to the dead carcass, and our lovely janitor has not moved. Okay, so Bobby is going to cut through the crowd um, and I don't even think he's like paying a superficial glance to the corpse he knows that it's there and he knows that people are crowding it he's gonna get this guy yeah how, how does how would he react to just being grabbed by the on, by the shoulder um, at this point he would probably just uh, jerk so hard that his hands are going to release the two martini glasses and they're going to go shattering to the floor, which is then going to elicit another scream, another shout, and everyone is now looking at you two. <laughs> so Bobby is going to look back to the others as they look to him, and then without paying any more mind to them, he is going to look back to the janitor and say what he came to say. I think we got off on the wrong foot. We need to get into that 
No, it's not. Is it a booth that leads down? I was about to say something. I was like, nope, that's probably not correct. It's uh, well, if you're yeah, if you're going for getting into that booth. Yep. Uh, yeah, you can. Perfect. Okay, sorry. Okay. No. Character time. No. Okay. Uh, he looks. He is still probably more pale than he was before, if that's even possible with a vampire. Mm-hmm. And he looks at you and. Uh, I. Yes. Um, well, there's uh, somebody's price paid. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's enough for all of us. Bobby is going to stare back at him, trying to rationalize what he could mean before offering a very slight nod. Yeah, I hope it is. And with that, he's going to look, he's going to kind of tip his head up. He's not a particularly tall guy, but he's going to try and look over and past the crowd um, back towards Mahu and Reina uh, before not really guiding. It's more of like a, like holding him by the shoulder and like swinging him around to like push him in that direction. He's going to push the janitor towards their booth for now and say let Mahu take care of you for a minute uh he's going to protest uh, as much as he probably can at this moment he's like uh, but my date and he reaches out towards Rome who is of course farther than arm's length away um so to that, Bobby will look back towards Rome, and I'm guessing by now he sees that she is not well. Uh, she's teetering. I mean, she she's uh, lost in Wonderland, if you will. Now, would there be any check, and maybe this is pulling too much from out of character, but the way that she's moving, would she strike Bobby as, like, oh, she can't handle her liquor, or oh, this bitch is drugged, she's in trouble. Um, I like your, I like your forward thinking. I would like you to investigate. I want you to roll your investigation for me, and you will need to get me a single two. Okay. That is down here. Okay, so investigation. Dope. Beep, beep, beep. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, oh, no. Two ones. So it doesn't wow. even fucking matter. Ouch. Wow. Okay. It's okay. Um, Bobby is too concerned about, well, A, his investigator skills are kicking in, his spidey senses are ablaze, he has a corpse with an unknown killer. A lot of suspects. He's trying to make nice with probably suspect number one. Uh, he, there's a lot going through your head. It really looks like the girl has had way too much to drink, and you're not exactly sure what that threshold is for vampires, but mm-hmm. she has seen it, licked it, and gone past it. Like, eh, no. Uh, so yeah, she is teetering towards that corpse. Uh, Rome, do you even hear your blushing man cry out to you? Yeah, no, I just did a high roll. High, high low roll to figure it out. And yes, she can. And it's enough to give her pause. Okay. Again, there's this beautiful display in front of me. So close yet so far. But I stop. 
and I look over my shoulder to see the other pair, almost deaf to the noise around. I was kind of yeah. crashing back to reality as I see the other two behind me. Uh, he's going to, again, reach out to you, like, to endeavor you to join them as he's being hastily drug away to this other booth. Like, my darling, touch me. Don't let go. This door is big enough for two of us. <laughs> can... Oh, shit. Sorry, can So, because I... It's, uh... Mahu... So, Mahu's gonna stand up. And look at the, you know, this little... And just... Almost like eye locked. Definitely in Rome's direction. Uh, but you can tell he's not looking at Rome. But just without, like, blinking, just looking forward. You sit. I'll, I'll go over to her. Uh, and just... Almost trance-like. He just... dead set on where she was going uh, and okay. we'd like us some dead bodies here so because <laughs> Bob, Bobby and Bobby and Mahu have been together for like a long time like I'm trying to think what things he would know about Mahu probably a whole bunch a whole lot so then th- this probably would seem familiar to Bobby uh, Mahu's almost salivating as he is just so eager to walk over. Oh, shit. Oh, dear fucking God. Is that your flaw? <laughs> oh, fuck me. God damn it. Okay, I guess we should deal with this now. So now that Mahu has, has left the booth, Reyna is going to take this opportunity to listen to the voice that just was in her head. Yet there's a dead body that's great, that's cool, but the voice that was in her nightmare speaks louder than that, so she's going to try to zip it over to this booth so she can go down to where she was supposed to meet, whatever. Did bitch bend that lead? Okay. (laughs) There is no way to get between this motley crew of moving pieces to Mm -hmm. the booth. Hmm. It is across the dance floor, through the tables, through the crowd, kind of adjacent to the body. You would make a very large scene, being such an immaculate woman. Hmm. Um, I will say, as you are eyeballing a the straightest and easiest path, you do see a small piece of folded paper on the table next to your empty martini glass. She's going to take it and open it. Unfold it. There are a set of fingerprints and just the words eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Interesting. So, Reyna is going to discreetly fold it back up and put it in under her shirt, like in her bra strap, almost. So it's right next to where her heart would be. Oh. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, it has a very strong sense of loam. Now that you've gotten it up to your face, it's it's mm-hmm. very much like grave dirt. Mm-hmm. So, okay, it's good to know. So now that she's hidden it away, and I don't assume anyone saw her pick it up. If somebody did, they're like, "Oh, cool, she's putting her she has a paper in her bra." Yeah, Weird cool. broad. Maybe she's hot. Like <laughs> dab that titty. She's got the vapors. Um, she's got the vapors. <laughs> Um, so, 
since there's no way for her to discreetly make her way towards that booth, she's going to start to like sidle towards the body to see if there's a way that she can move with the crowd to get her into that space. Okay. Um, so everyone is just moving in this great little circle that I'm watching now. <laughs> um, so we've got Bobby and his name is Zachary, but you guys don't know that. Um, we've got B- Bobby and Zachary moving to the left over to Reina's booth. We've got Reina moving away with Mahu towards the body, and Rome kind of stuck there. <laughs> like, I want it, but I don't. I want it, but I don't. <laughs> so, as if on cue, suddenly the, you know, lovely dueling DJs begin their and the lights pick up and they haven't even been noticing like they just think it's a crowd and they're like oh yeah they're the lights are in their faces they can't even see the body on the bar but they just start their dueling DJ-ness and the crowd seems to slightly just dull slightly like oh the show is still going on and half of their attention goes there half of them are still on the body like it's a vampire you can't just call the cops um anyway so they the group kind of disperses ever so slightly so this is for all of you your movements are going to be a little bit easier now as you can get through the masses um you also have a little bit of noise cover but it's also going to make talking to anyone other than someone right next to you very hard Mm -hmm. so continue with whoever would like to continue how close is rome to the body Oh, she's, if she wanted to, like, just stretch out, she could just dip her finger in one of those wounds and just, like, oh. So Mahu, almost, like, almost forgetting that she's there, walks just, just beeline to the body. Um, and almost forgetting that it's definitely way too loud for her to hear him. So, I mean, he's going to, like, I guess, say it, but it would be muffled by the music. But not making eye contact with um, uh, Rome. But, like, kind of, like, you know, saying, like, did you see what happened? But just staring down at this body. And eh, not so much caring for anyone seeing, but, like, one hand kind of, like, slowly enough to just kind of play. And, like, if there's, a like, a pool there a little bit just with one of his fingers and just do that kind of like almost sly thing like play with it then brings it back up and he just just kind of like sucks on his finger a bit which type of wound are you going to do that to uh well is it like is there any of the blood like pulled at all or is it all you'd have to like go and like get in there like you have to go underneath there is such a minute level of blood leaking out of this corpse like you would have to like practically pick her up like finger paint a little bit with what's there and then go like it'd be it'd be better to just get in there like as i see mahu move towards and like looking mighty affectionate towards that body i grab or rum grabs his wrist and then like to his hand and guides him towards one of the puncture wounds and like (laughs) using his finger to stab instead of hers Welcome, brave Duke. Thy friendship makes us so fresh. And boop, right in there. Okay, so would you like to go through the go to the obvious fang puncture wound, the knife wound, 
or the other bite? The, the first puncture wound. Okay, now, Bam Bam, you can pull your finger out and, and suckle on it now that you've had this woman caress you into violating a body. So then this, um, all right. So as the, the, the caressing part of whatever she says, I imagine he doesn't really catch the majority of it. Uh, just like with the kind of like his hand coming back out, just like darts over and just like, if she's looking at him, eye contact and just almost just eyes like bugged out and he just, just like, who is this woman? (laughs) (laughs) So as you, the, the sensation of the little bit of blood that would be on your finger touches your lips, there is a distinct tingling of poison due to your clan. You have an innate sense of poison, as well as your strongest discipline is centered around poisoning. Uh, there, This woman was clearly poisoned before she was eviscerated. And a poison strong enough to kill the kindred is something all its own. Okay. I feel like that, that would take him out of like his trance a bit. Like he's so captured in it then tastes the poison it's like whoa wait what the fuck he's kind of like does one of those and then looks back to her and that very trying to have a conversation with someone on the dance floor (laughs) poison she was poisoned Rome I need you to (laughs) give me an intelligence check right now I got nothing. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> Bam Bam, the words you are saying are nothing but movements to her. <laughs> you believe what he could be saying could be prose for all you care. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. I was going to say, she probably uh, is imagining a whole scripture. Oh, yeah. It's soliloquy back to meet yours and... She is reaching... She is reaching palm to palm for him, assuming it is Pilgrim's kiss. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Which might look like a high five. <laughs> nope, no. Po- poison. He might accidentally poke like her hand, because like poison, and she's still just... <laughs> no, no. Poison. He will, so he'll try, he'll like take her by the shoulders... Turn her towards the body. Point. Then, like, have her face him again. <laughs> mime, mime the best he can. Like, I'm just like, ah, poison. <laughs> At this moment, Rome, as you're watching this lovely chocolate man profess his undying pilgrim love to you through oh, beautiful soliloquy, just <laughs> the sweetest honey voice in your ear don't you want to know the truth sweet lovely child I have a gift and on the nape of your neck you just feel this moisture as if something licks up your your brainstem really and all the effects of the alcohol not the sedative but the alcohol are gone so so she's a She's full. She all of your dice pools are restored, and you have your cognizance, just not your physicality. I'll say, like you're still slow, but your mind is no longer any more clouded than it normally is. Fair. 
I, I think you're gonna see just like a light switch where before there was that like wild look to her eyes and this very hungry smile and it's back to a flat affect. There's not any emotion there and stands up a little taller and looks between you and the janitor and Bobby. And where's, where's Raina? Uh, she would be closer to you and Mahu at this point. Mm-hmm. What are we standing around for? <laughs> the what? <laughs> Body. Have you not seen one before? Fair enough, I guess. <laughs> at, <laughs> at this point, Bobby, how tightly are you holding on to Zachary? I would say if he's really putting up a fight, like if he really doesn't want to be there, like it's a firm hold, but it's not like, oh, you stay here. It's just like a, that's how he grabbed him. Uh, if he's thrashing around at all, or if he really doesn't want to be here and, and being held doesn't restrain him, then fuck it. Bobby will just let him go. It's more you, he had the tension. He wasn't really into you holding on to him, but he wasn't going to fight you either because it's not really the time. Mm-hmm. But in an instant, you feel every muscle in wherever you item held relax. Like it's just, it, it's unnatural relaxation. Well, shit. Okay, well, then he's definitely going to drop this guy um, and pay him a close fucking glance to try to discern what's happening. All you see is this big smile on his face. And he's so, not really going anywhere. He's okay. just smiling and standing. How close is Mahu? Uh, you're closer to Reyna at this point than Mahu. Okay, would Mahu still be able to hear if I shouted? Because I know the DJs no. are doing their thing. Okay. Okay, so, well then I guess I'm stuck with Zachary here. Bobby is going to get in front of him as he regards his big goofy smile. And he's going to lean in and try to like get like eye to eye with this kid. He's going to kind of cock his head a little bit. Are you still in there? Yeah. Bobby is going to kind of wince a little bit. Do you still want to go downstairs? He lo- like he kind of perks up. He's like, okay. And he starts heading towards that roped off booth which at this point you follow your gaze to him, it's no longer roped off and the curtain is just finishing like swaying, like as if someone just walked through it. Well, that's disconcerting. He would say to no one under the fucking trap music or whatever. (laughs) Uh, And he's already sent the boy on his way. He's he's fine. He's safe. He's whatever. He can go first. Um... Bobby is going to turn his attention back to the others and try to, like, get in with them so that he can talk to them. Um, okay. What, what are just, they doing at the moment he does this? Like, uh, what am I... Rome and Mahu are standing together, uh, close enough to speak to each other. Uh, mm-hmm. Reyna is currently getting to Mahu. At the time I finish saying this to you, she will be to Mahu and Rome. Um... So they're all in a group next to the body by the bar. Um, What I want to clarify quickly, you are letting Zachary go down first by himself. Yes. Uh, Thank you. Okay. 
you don't okay. think about it, yep. that was the answer I wanted. Thank Damn. you. Damn. Now, Good. go awesome. to your people. Rip. Well, Ripperoni and pizza, my guys. <laughs> so, yeah, so Bobby is going to wedge himself into this small group, and he's going to put a hand on Mahu's shoulder and try to turn him back to show him, hey, the curtain's open now. Mahu will nod towards the curtain. And if the other, I mean, if the others can see, see him as well, he'll kind of like look around to each of them and then look at the curtain and like big nod as he mm-hmm. starts to walk that way. As soon as she sees you start to nod, Reyna is on her way to that curtain. Now, I think Bobby would be the last to go, I think, looking then to Rome. And I think he's going to kind of give her puzzled glance. I think at this point, he's not really sure, like, if she's with with this group or not. <laughs> uh, she still looks a little fucking not all there, right? Or did she snap back from that? She snapped back. So okay. the physicality, she looks a little more relaxed in mm-hmm. her body language. But her her face no longer has that crazed. I, I was going to say demeanor, but you know she looks more normal, quote unquote. Okay, thank you for the uh, clarification. Yep. And and again, something to remember too is just normal, but boy, does she just reek of evil. Yes. Like, <laughs> there's not a whole lot of friendly going on in that, but if you allow it. She will kind of try to dip her hand, like arm in arm, through yours, and looks like she's about to say something and bites her lip instead, and tries to push us forward towards the the curtain. I would I would say in a word, his air is now uncomfortable, uh, but he's he's going. He's that's where the magic is. Okay, so in order. We have mm-hmm. Zachary, then Mahu, mm-hmm. Reyna, mm-hmm. Bobby, and Rome. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay. So, we're going to go in order. Mahu, you reach the curtains of the booth. Do you open them? Yes. Okay. You open them. Instead of a booth, you see a door. The door is fully open but it has no discernible knob or hinges. It is just, it looks just like a piece of the wall was cut and opened. Okay. Do you enter? Cautiously, but yes. Please roll for me your willpower. That's five. And I want you... Mm-hmm. I want you to give to roll five die, and everything over seven is a success. At this one point, ones are negated, and I just want to know how many successes you get. Uh, well, four successes. The other one is a one. Okay, well then the one is negated. Uh, your strength of being carries you through. Um, you will not have any effect in the coming story element. So you're you're safe. Next in line is Reyna. Mm-hmm. 
you are presented with a curtain and the same sort of door. Mahu is nowhere to be seen. Do you enter? Yes. Please roll for me or spin for me your willpower. Okay, so I have a willpower of three. Yep, and everything over a seven. Ones are negated. I got a nine, a three, and a two. Perfect. So you had one success. As you enter into this ichor of blackness, that same voice comes through your head. My child, it has been too long. And oh, the wonders I have for you. A gift is still waiting. And you feel down your back as if someone had raked four long claws, which tear your suit and your flesh. Please take... Uh, at this point, we're going to deal damage. Okay. You are currently at the hurt level. Uh-huh. So you will take... Um, I have to remember what the minus one is to. It's to one of the stats. We will do that for next time. But you are actually eviscerated to the point of feeling true pain as you walk into this blackness. Okay. So she's going to let out a long hiss, but still try to keep going, maybe put her hand up on the wall for support as she's moving downward into this There thing. is no wall. Okay. So she's... But you do keep moving yep. on, on... Yeah, that's fine. Um, and there's nothing to stop you. Okay. Next, our lovely duo. Rome and Bobby enter, to, or get to the curtain. Do you enter? Rome releases and pushes him first. <laughs> nice. Oh, good. Uh, Okay, so Bobby, you are pushed through the curtain and practically into the open darkness. Mm-hmm. Do you choose to enter? So, faced with the open darkness, uh, what if Bobby looks back, does he still see, like, the curtain that he entered from? Yes. Okay, so he's going to pause, he's going to look back, he's going to kind of snarl at the notion of being shoved. Uh but looking back and not seeing, you know, hide nor hair of the folks he sent ahead, he is going to start forward in search of them. Okay. The same situation. I would like you to roll your willpower. Any sevens are seven or up or success. Ones are negated. God damn it. Five and a four. Okay. A voice you haven't heard yet, but that honey-laced just tone echoes mm -hmm. in your ear. A man who casts no reflection is really no man. And you too are going to suffer down to the hurt level as sets of claws just rake down your back, ripping apart your shirt, soiling, you know, starting to bleed. So, Bobby, not expecting this, is, I think he starts to look up at the sound of the voice, and when he's hit, he lets out, like, a fucking shout of pain, and staggers forward and nearly tumbles before steadying himself, and he is not happy to be here. <laughs> Do you continue on, however? 
he is going to, and he is going to pick up the fucking pace. This is a brisk walk now. Okay. Last but not least, Rome. As Rome looks at the entryway, she crosses her arms and starts to rub them. A little bit of a chill. By the pricking of my thumb, something wicked this way comes. But it's more muttered, it isn't the pronunciation that she's been doing this past time. But then, bravely, walks forward. Okay. Opening the curtain, you are met with a flower trellis. A lush, bountiful rose garden appears before you. Do you walk through the, the archway? Yes. Oh, my darling. What dreams may come. And you walk along this primrose path all the way until suddenly you are met with your motley crew of friends, some looking a little more haggard than others, and another body at the bottom of the stairs. And that's where we will end it. Hell yeah. Fun. <laughs> Spooby. Spooby. Halloween. This is fun. This is fun. There's a lot of death yeah. happening, don't you? There's a lot of death. Oh, there's more. Mm. Oh, oh boy. I'm in danger. <laughs> I'm in danger. This is a one shot. This is happening. Time to die. <laughs> Time to die. All right. Uh, hey. hey, guys. Say goodbye if you haven't stopped your recording. Bye-bye now. Bye. everybody it's alex one more time if you liked this episode please be sure to subscribe rate and review us to stay in touch be sure to follow us on twitter at nsr podcasts you can find bam bam at hot bam with three m's falcon at hello falcon and you can find me your lady of podcasting at roll for alex this has been a no show radio production mind your ears while we unpack the unusual Pull my mic out over here. Good thing you don't have your webcam out. <laughs> it's a good fucking thing. I'm I'm ridiculous right now. I adjusted my whole fucking wardrobe for spider warfare. <laughs> and I've seen this motherfucker before. He crawled across my desk earlier. Criminal. Oh. Yeah, he's he's, he's been stalking me for days. <laughs> Call the police. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna call the fucking FBI. We're gonna get the X Files on this motherfucker. I, I hate to say this, but they don't do house calls. <laughs>